Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Are you a business owner looking for help with HR benefits and payroll? MWG Employer Services offers a wide range of services and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. I was so overwhelmed with HR stuff. MWG Employer Services took all the stress out of it and even set up my payroll. I couldn't be happier. MWG Employer Services is here to help you succeed. Call us today at 601-206-7966 or go to mwgemployerservices.com. You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. On your radio and in the game. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. For some, this is a day of mourning because they claim that football season has come to an end, but the XFL begins in six days, so I I don't know. Maybe it didn't actually end. Maybe it's just never going to end anymore. We'll just have football in perpetuity. Good Monday afternoon. Welcome to the start of a new week on Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Pearl River Resort is the home of the sports book at the Golden Moon Casino. Check them out online at pearlriverresort.com or check them out in person at the Golden Moon in, or I'm sorry, at the sportsbook inside the Golden Moon. Love to hear from you this afternoon. Your reactions to the Super Bowl, your reactions to the weekend, winners and losers in the four o'clock hour. Certainly going to get into some college basketball this afternoon and, uh, and a whole lot more. You can uh, connect with us on the ceasefire text line. At 601-879-4395. Give your business the edge with gigabit fiber internet from Ceasefire Business, backed by world-class IT professionals who live where you do, and that's right here in Ceasefire Country. Online, ceasefire.com slash business. If you do consider last night to be the last football game of the year, then what a game to end it. I know there was controversy at the end because of the should it have been a hold, should it not have been a hold, even if it actually was a hold, should they have called it in that situation? And we were denied likely a made field goal followed by a drive where Philadelphia could have gone down to try and kick a field goal and tie it or have yeah. a game-winning touchdown. I know he yeah, I missed think... one earlier. Butker wasn't missing another one. So that kick was going in regardless. Yeah, I kind of believe that. And, you know, maybe we would have gotten the rare overtime Super Bowl. Uh, we didn't, though. Uh, we did get a great game last night in uh, in Phoenix. Plenty to talk about this afternoon. Richard Cross, Brian Haydad, Michael Borky, thanks for being with us. Boys, Super Bowl Sunday in the rearview mirror, it was pretty good. It was really good, It actually. was really good. Let's start the show with some stats. Because... Okay. I've I've seen and heard conversations already about people and Patrick Mahomes where, yeah, well, and I understand it to some degree, yeah, well, Hurts was better last night. Generally speaking, he was. Well, it's easy to throw touchdown passes to open receivers. True. I mean, Andy Reid in the red zone is a magician. I mean, some of the stuff he drew up, 
excuse me, and some of the things that he did earlier in the game to set up those two play calls for the wide open touchdowns special. But Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, he needs the cough you. drops. Got the big bag of cough drops. Hey, Dad does. But Patrick Mahomes yeah, has been a starter for five years in the NFL. He has made five AFC championship games. I, I, I didn't memorize these. He's made five AFC championship games. He won his division all five years. He has had five 12 or more win seasons. Again, in just five years as a starter. Has won two Super Bowls. Has been a Super Bowl MVP in both of those. And a league MVP in two years. He is 4-2 in the playoffs when down double digits. Mm. When down double digits in the playoffs, Patrick Mahomes is 4-2. and two. In his career as a starter, five years, he is 14-10 and 10 when down double digits. So talk about Andy Reid and all that stuff, and, and, and understandably so. But the start of Patrick Mahomes' career is rivaled by nobody at the position. Will it end up being that way? I don't know. Is he Brady yet? No. But no quarterback has had that start of their career ever in his first five years. People are diminishing him today, and I get it, but don't forget how special of a start of a career that is. It is He's an island of one. He is one of one right now in his first five years as a starter. I, where do you hear people diminishing Patrick Holmes? Today? Just had a conversation in the hallway. Literally just happened. I listen to radio and podcasts today where sports people. I, I listen to radio shows and stuff where, yeah, Mahomes is good, but Andy Reid. Okay, are you doing the butt stuff with Brady too? Ooh. <laughs> there we go. We got seventh grade uh, seventh grade Brian Haydad giggling. I mean, he's gonna start coughing already. What great player doesn't have great coaching? Wait, Come tell me on, are, man. Are great players around I, I mean, what, exactly. Yeah. So the the start of Mahomes is good. This is legendary stuff. Don't look past it because you're sick of him winning. Yeah, that's that's a, that's a bad. This take. is one of the most overplayed narratives in all of sports. Is the the Hall of Famer winning by themselves? Nobody wins by themselves in any no. sport. No, very 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 rarely. Tennis and golf has just one Hall of Famer. That's it. But I mean, that's, that's a little different. In a team sport, you got to have two, three guys. Basketball, baseball, football doesn't matter. Fourteen and, and ten Chiefs down double team. digits. I mean, that's well, just mind blowing. Fourteen but and ten is, a, is definitely you... a. Go ahead. I, did, I don't even know how you would have that takeaway from last night. I mean, unless it's just you are a slave to the statistic of yards thrown. He was twenty-one of twenty-seven in the game for one hundred eighty-two yards. Okay, that's not a ton one, of yards. One incompletion in the, in the second half. He and, was, and it was a throwaway. Yes. Yeah. He had one incompletion. So this narrative, and, and by the way, he had three touchdown passes. This narrative comes from the same place that Travis Kelsey found nobody believed in us. Uh, at, at, at the Kirby Smart <laughs> Did way. Did you hear that after last the game? Night. Like, it's just, it's just, it really is painful the links that some people will go to. to let, if you can't get motivated to win the Super Bowl without conjuring up an idea that nobody believed in the number one overall seed that had the MVP playing for them, then I don't know what to tell you, Matt. You get a, that, that also won a Super Bowl two years ago. Hey, look, it yeah, was a good game yeah. because you had two really good teams and Philadelphia played well. 
absent two critical turnovers, Philadelphia wins that game last night. But guess what? The turnovers happened in the game. Mm-hmm. Jalen Hurts played really, really well. He was twenty, excuse me, twenty-seven of thirty-eight for three hundred four yards, a passing touchdowns, and three rushing touchdowns, and he had seventy yards rushing in the game. But he had a really, really critical turnover that led to a scoop and score for Kansas City. They scored thirty-eight points in the game. They being Kansas City, their offense scored twenty-four points in the game. Could have been 28 if they had wanted it to. They just set up for a field goal. How about in the second half? Kansas City had four possessions in the second half. Three touchdown drives and a field goal drive that could have ended in a touchdown drive if they had decided to roll the dice and give the ball back to the Philadelphia Eagles. But they didn't. They played it smart. By the way, that's not the way it gets played in college. No. It's a different deal in the NFL. You trust your kickers in the NFL. I know that that's what you're supposed to do, but still, could you imagine in the Super Bowl having the football and you are two yards from the end zone to score a touchdown in the Super Bowl and you sit down on your butt? And I mean, and, and what a heads-up play to do so. Yeah. Was somebody screaming at him from the sideline, get down, get down, get down? He was kind of running away from everybody. I mean, I guess he recognized that Philadelphia's defense was stripping away from him, but we've seen guys before have a little bit of a brain fart in that moment and go ahead and go into the end zone. What would have happened? Who knows? Who, who knows? You don't would their want defense to know. have risen up? To, to me, that was one of the stories in the game last night. Jalen Hurts was sacked two times for two yards. There was a lot of thought that that Kansas City defensive line that had been so good, or conversely, the Philadelphia defensive line that had been so good was just going to dial up pressure from all over the place, and they were going to get to a Patrick Mahomes with a banged-up ankle. Patrick Mahomes was not sacked in the game last night. Jalen Hurts was sacked two times for two yards. The defenses didn't have an answer for either of the offenses in the game last night. And Not really, no. And we'll talk about the penalty, which I don't think they should have thrown a flag. I, I, Greg Olson's take on it. He's the first announcer, by the way, to push back on the TV ref, where, no, it's the Super Bowl, it's the last drive, you don't throw that flag there. I agree with Greg Olson. I don't think it should have been called. But Sirianni, after the game, was right when he said, it's not one play. Don't give up a touchdown on every possession in the second half. Don't give up a fumble return for a touchdown. Don't give up a really bad punt return. I think the longest in Super Bowl history, right, I think? If you don't do those things, you'll win. And so, you know, you can hand-ring over it. Well, Philly Philly got screwed. Well, they, they also did damage to themselves in the second half. So, the The fact it, of the but, matter is, it was a penalty that we didn't want to be, that we didn't want called. True. Very true. And I bet deep down that official... If he could have a do-over, he might not throw the flag there. But I saw somebody point out today it was black gloves with white sleeves against a white jersey. If he saw a grab, a pull, a tug, and a, you know, kind of a turn there, it's a hold. And you don't know what the rest of the play, you don't know that the ball is going to be overthrown and that the guy wouldn't have gotten there even without the hold. You don't know necessarily that it doesn't affect the route. 
You just see the hold and you throw it because that's what you're supposed to be looking for. Now, didn't throw that the entire game before that, but we'll be back. Sports Talk Mississippi. Now, back to Sports Talk Mississippi. Say that again. Please say it. Now, back to Sports Talk Mississippi. Sorry, poorly timed joke, completely inappropriate. On Super Talk Mississippi. Ceasefire text line. Adam and Monticello, what do you guys say to the people that say, well, the NFL is rigged anyway? Vicksburg. Sorry. Sorry. There it had go. to be, though. Down around Vicksburg. <laughs> uh, Adam, I say to the people that say the NFL is rigged anyway, the NFL didn't get the outcome that it wanted. Now, I, I don't know, maybe they wanted the Chiefs to win, but the NFL would have been better served by the Chiefs kicking a field goal there and Philadelphia getting the ball back with a minute and a half to go, and Jalen Hurts trying to engineer either a game-tying or a game-winning drive and then possibly getting overtime so that that massive television number could grow even larger. That's how the NFL would have been better served, and that's why, no, the idea of the NFL being rigged, and this is evidence of it, is it's it's no good. And it was a penalty. And James Bradbury himself, who committed the penalty, admitted that he grabbed him and he held him. I, I don't know. I don't know if people would prefer that he had not admitted that or glad that he did or, or what. I, I agree with um, Chase in Columbus. He said the Eagles blew a double-digit lead. Hertz had a bad fumble that went for six and never got a stop in the second half. The Eagles and their fans can't say but the refs. No one got robbed, but it still really let the air out of the two games that were played, uh, let the air out of the balloon. Because you had two teams that played at a really high level. And and that's it, right? I mean, the, the well, only the Chiefs complaint... advanced because of a penalty to get here also. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Far yeah, less right. egregious of a call in the AFC Championship than this one, though. I'm... And again, the only complaint that we have, it's not that... It was a hold or it wasn't a hold. We just we just feel like we were robbed of maybe one of the all-time epic endings. Instead, we got breakaway run, down at the one, yeah. take a knee, take a knee, call a couple of timeouts, kick a field goal, game over. It was 58 minutes of outstanding football. Yeah. Killed you if you had Mahomes over uh, rushing yards, too. Ooh. <laughs> Was it one off of the number? Uh, I, th- I think the kneel downs took him away, yeah. Did you guys play any props last night? No. Gatorade was no, purple, I, by the way. Tails, Tails never fails. And purple Gatorade, my favorite. That's exciting. You still yeah. can't uh, You still can't mobile bet in uh, in Mississippi. So My, uh, my, my props did This time well. next year. So I had... Tails on the coin toss. That was a nice win. There you go. By the way, that is deflating if you lose that. Because it's like, they hadn't even kicked off and I'm already in the hole. <laughs> uh, I had over six first quarter points. 
Nice. Good. You got that, what, three minutes in? Yeah, I was a little that worried. That was pretty when easy, they, yeah. When, when they first wiped that touchdown off the board, I was like, oh, no, don't give me like a fumble and then a 10-minute drive and the quarter expires <laughs> the other way. Uh, but, no, yeah, no issue there. Uh, over half a Chiefs rushing, rushing touchdown. Got that one in the third quarter. So they had the one rushing touchdown. Wow, that seems like, I mean, easy. So good on you for picking that up, but the book that offered that, I felt like, yeah, that I feel was like minus, one and a half would have been more. Yeah, that was that was minus one forty five. Um, what were the others? Let's see here. Over one and a half touchdown passes, Patrick Mahomes. Another one. Is, well, that was that was the odds on that were longer. That was minus two sixty five. Uh, under one forty three and a half Eagles rushing yards. Got that. Um, over one and a half touchdown passes for Jalen Hurts. That was a loser. So he only you, had the the one. So you killed it though, essentially. Yeah, except for the fact that I picked the Chiefs or I picked the Eagles minus oh. one. You, you should have won that one too. Yeah, well, yeah, I, I, I think made it the fun Eagles to watch were, the game. See, I was listening to somebody earlier say, "Well, the Chiefs were the better team, and that's why they won." I, I came away from that game thinking, "Okay, Hurts was great. Don't get me wrong, he was great." But I thought the Eagles had a better team in terms of players at every position and all that. Kansas City won because Andy Reid's red zone play calling a mistake. Hey, wait, hold on. And Mahomes. Andy Reid slash Eric Bieniemy. I think Eric Bieniemy. Yeah, good point. Deserves a ton of credit. Yeah. And by the way, it sounds like Eric Bieniemy is about to leave Kansas City. There are a bunch of teams that want him to be their offensive coordinator. I mean, he should have been gone. Well, Could have been a head coach by now. And, I mean, if you're the Arizona Cardinals and you still haven't hired a head coach, why are you not hiring Eric Bieniemy? I haven't. Aren't they waiting for Phillies DC? Isn't that what they were waiting for? You can't hire a coach well, that is fine, still actively in the playoffs. Well, we that's out, fine, you, but we, why are they going after Phillies DC and not Eric Bieniemy? It's a fair question. In, in an offensive league. And, and we got the news before the game yesterday that that striking the offensive coordinator for Philly was going to take the Indianapolis job, or it sounds like yeah, I don't know if they made they, that official right. today. They had to word it in a way that was yeah. He hit an airplane this morning to Indy. It's done. So um, halftime, Rihanna or Rihanna? What are we? Are we? Rihanna. Have we changed the pronunciation it's Rihanna. to Rihanna? No. Okay, that debate was happening. I mean, I like I thought it was Rihanna or Riri. Uh, halftime show. Just just an A through F grade. Give it give it a letter grade. I would have to go incomplete because I didn't watch any of it. Why did you not watch the halftime show? I just put it on mute because I don't. I'm not a big fan of Rihanna, and I just didn't pay attention. Mm, okay. A B minus. I'm giving you an F for that, by the way. Yeah. Well, so be it. B minus. I mean, she's got a lot of hits. A lot of hits. Yeah, yeah. She played and, the hits. And you forget until she plays them that she's got that many hits. But I go into it understanding this isn't for me. Like It's not my music. I know she's got hits, but it's not for me. Like, the, the Who was for me. You know, if they put the Foo Fighters up there, that's for me. But Rihanna's not for me, and I, and I understand that. Doing that while pregnant's pretty cool. So she gets bonus points for that. She was teasing before that she was going to have a special guest, and people thought that it meant like another musical act. No, she was teasing that she's going to reveal that she's pregnant. 
that that was kind of the the special guest was hey, everybody look I'm, you know I'm pregnant here like, this yeah. is my guest that that's pretty yeah. cool but it, it certainly pregnant was... ladies suspended on the platform a hundred feet above the playing surface yeah. is pretty cool <laughs> but it was very forgettable it, it wasn't great it was, I, uh, it was fine it wasn't I, great I'm giving myself one little prop here. Because I'm sitting there watching it, and the first two songs are like, yeah, okay, okay. And I'm like, if Jay-Z doesn't pop out somewhere and them do Run This Town next, then they've missed an opportunity. And then you hear the opening chords to Run This Town. And I'm like, it's happening. And they kind of looked at me like there, there were several of us in a group kind of like, seriously? I was like, I didn't know. I'm just saying, for me, that would have made it good. And then she does that, but there's no Jay-Z, no special guest. I do think it takes a great degree of self-confidence to not have any additional performers at your Super Bowl halftime show. Yeah. She just owned it. She just, and it was different, right? It wasn't like super dancing and whatever the, uh, I, I thought you had a cross between uh, the Marshmallow Man and the Michelin Tire Guy for the, the on-field dancers, but I thought it kind of created a cool visual. Um, most of the people, it, it was funny, we had, how many were there that we were, probably 20 people that were there watching it, for, including kids, maybe a little bit more than that, probably four or five um, uh, families and of the ten adults or so that were sitting around watching it, it was probably 75, 25, eh, not really into this. And then a couple that were just like, yes, this is awesome. So, you know, it's kind of like the reaction you get to any halftime show. Yeah. You got a lot of people who are like, this is terrible. And then other people are like, oh, this is fantastic. Yeah. That- I mean... Rare is the instance that Prince performs at halftime and sings Purple Rain in the rain, and 100% of the people are like, that was the greatest thing ever. Yeah. There are too many people that think not for me equals bad. Like, I went to a ballet with my wife once, right? She really wanted to go. I didn't. But I went because she wanted to go. I recognized that it takes a lot of talent, and they're, they're they work hard and all that. And it was impressive the athleticism from the from the guys and their jumping and all that. I wouldn't go by myself. It wasn't for me, and so I wasn't. Super Bowl party? No, a ballet. I went to a ballet once. Oh, oh, oh ballet. Yeah. So some you. people like yeah. expect the halftime show to cater to their exact interest, and that's not who they're trying to reach. And so, you know, if you go into it understanding that Rihanna's music's not for you then you're okay. But if you think that it's supposed to cater to you, of course you're not going to like it. I mean, look, she's a good singer with a lot of hits. She's not a great singer singer with the deepest catalog in the history of music. She didn't dance a lot because she was pregnant, but she was suspended 100 feet above the field. It was fine. Whatever, it was fine. Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. Your new home for exclusive sports coverage here in the Magnolia State. How do you like that? I love it. On Super Talk Mississippi.
not to walk my way. Tell your children not to hear my words. What they mean, what they say. Welcome back. Sports Talk Mississippi streaming on, uh, at supertalk.fm and uh, supertalktv.com. Glad, as always, to be with you in the Pearl River Resort studios. I, I just want more thought about halftime, and I'll just say this, but, you know, you can – I could have done without the crotch grab and the booty pat. I mean, you know, it's like I understand that it's not a show that is built for children – the reality is, if you got a hundred million people watching worldwide, or a hundred million watching in the United States, and five hundred million watching worldwide, there are a lot of kids that are watching, and you have to do like the look away, or hope they're playing, or not paying attention, or you got to do some complicating explaining, and that's not much fun for parents. Uh, I mean, Johnny says that halftime was nasty and vulgar. I didn't think overall it was. I thought there were a couple of moments that were kind of like, eh, really wish we hadn't bet, gone there. Yeah, those, I bet Johnny's parents said the same thing about Elvis. Maybe. I mean, this this is what we do. You know, your parents' parents thought the music you listened to was vulgar. I mean, yeah. we, we had somebody text in Motley Crue. Have you heard the lyrics of Motley Crue songs? Like, ha, have you have you actually like sat down and read really like, what what Motley Crue's singing about? It's not that much I different. I love them sing girls, girls, girls. You ever heard the, the lyrics to that? Or shout the at the way, devil? Chris Stapleton was great on the national anthem. Yes, he was. Under. Cash the under. Yeah, but wasn't Darren Rovell claiming it was the over? Does it just depend on where you got it? Well, we're, we're, we're believing Darren Rovell now. Ain't that guy. No, right. it was under. Everywhere I saw was under. Okay. Yeah. And I thought that was the right. It wasn't my lot. I mean, it was pretty close, but... Um, Somebody said Chris Stapleton for halftime next year. That feels like that would be, I mean, he, the music would be great, but it feels to me like that would be a low-key halftime performance. What They're, they're tr- in Vegas next year. They're going to go way, way over the top. Oh, yeah, they are. Yeah. At least that's what I would imagine. What they're trying to do. That. I mean, I don't know who it would be, but. It's, it's mass appeal. They know the average football fan's already watching. You know who likes Chris Stapleton? The average football fan. They're, they're, that's the goal of it. You can agree, disagree, whatever, but they are trying to get as many people in the country and in the world to watch the halftime show as humanly possible. That is their goal. That's why they had Katy Perry. And I know a lot of Ole Miss fans like Katy Perry because she partied her you-know-what off in Oxford and all that. But Katy Perry was great at halftime. She was very good. But she was the world's biggest star at that at that time. You know, that, that's that's why they chose Rihanna, because she's got a dozen hits that reach the top five or whatever, and a bunch of people that aren't football fans are going to want to watch halftime to see Rihanna, and so the Apple Music ad gets, you know, 150 million views, and they get to charge more for it. That That's why they pick people I, like Rihanna. That's I was why. surprised when it was halftime presented by Apple Music. I thought it was still by Pepsi, and somebody was like, no, I think that started last year. Yeah, they which, by the way, prompted a conversation. And you know, if 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 Pepsi is interested in being an advertiser on Sports Talk Mississippi, I'm certainly willing to change my tune on this. But it did prompt the question of: Does anybody ever choose Pepsi if the option for Pepsi and Coke exists? No, I'm sure there are some. I am not one of them. 
Yeah, I just don't know who that person is. Yeah. I don't know. All right, we'll come back to uh, more Super Bowl stuff coming up with you as we go throughout the course of the show this afternoon. But uh, we got a couple of basketball games we need to talk about. Southern Miss won again. We'll uh, we'll get to that later this afternoon. They are now twenty three and four. They did back up the win in front of the big crowd on Thursday night with a win on Saturday. But in Fayetteville, hey Dad, and I texted a little bit during the game and talked about it a little bit this morning, and you know. You just don't go to Fayetteville on a Saturday afternoon for a late tip-off in front of 19,000, however many it was, packed to the brim, hard place to play. You just don't go into that in a game that has stakes and win. And you especially don't go into that environment in a game that has stakes where it it feels as if the calling of fouls and the free throw attempts is a little skewed one way over the other and win. And that's exactly what Mississippi State did on Saturday. They went into an environment with almost 20,000 people that were into it. They had a commanding lead. They weathered the storm from an Arkansas run like they're always going to make in that environment. They didn't shoot as many free throws. They didn't have as many free throw attempts. There were more fouls called against the Bulldogs than there were against Arkansas. They withstood all of that, and they got a win. And as a result, Joe Lunardi now has them in the NCAA tournament. No longer part of the last, you know, first four out or the next four out or the under consideration. But over the course of two and a half weeks, Joe Lunardi has taken them from 80, the seed line 80, to now in the field of 68. It's remarkable. They're playing with a ton of confidence, five straight wins. Hey, Dad, it was really impressive, and it was a different guy this time. This time it was Deshaun Davis who had the monster game. Yeah, and that's something that I've noticed in this winning streak for State. Five wins in a row, they've had four different leading scores. Tolu Smith has had two games where he was the leading scorer, but then you had a D.J. Jeffries game, a Shaq Moore game, and then, as you just mentioned, a Deshaun Davis game. Uh, Four Bulldogs and double figures. They shot the ball well again, 47%, 60% from behind the line. Only 10 three-pointers, and they made six of them. I think think that's a good ratio uh, for Mississippi State. And they they dominated the game. The last time Arkansas had the lead was 17-16. State grabbed the lead from there. I never gave it back. Uh, in the second half, Arkansas cut it to three, I think, one time, but State was able to push it back from there, and they made clutch shots down the, the stretch. This was a great basketball game. This is one of the, they're the best games they've played all year. I think the Missouri game, this game, and the TCU game, these last three Saturdays have been good ga- days for Mississippi State. And now, like you said, they've put themselves in a position where if they just take care of their business – if they don't have another bad loss, and there's only really two opportunities for that, that's this Saturday in Oxford and then next Wednesday uh, at home against South Carolina. If they can win those two games and then maybe win one more, right, Kentucky, Texas A&M, Vanderbilt, win one more of those games, I think you're in. I think you're in. And that is a testament to the coaching job that Chris Jans has done this year, uh, has really, really overachieved uh, in his first season in Starville. Let me just see what the box score said. 19,200. So that's capacity. And it was electric. Crowd, it yeah. was loud. It was packed. Um, 
man, I think Wednesday night is huge. I, I agree with you that, you know, that they can't afford a loss to Ole Miss. They can't afford a loss to South Carolina. But I think they've got to win two of those three among Kentucky, Missouri, and Texas A&M. Because things are fluid on the bubble, right? I mean, you're not a slam dunk in when you're one of the last four in, which is where they are right now. And also, you'd like to play yourself out of that trip to Dayton and just be in the in the big bracket to to start things off. This this game Wednesday has some bubble buster kind of feel to it, right? Absolutely, especially for Kentucky. I think Kentucky is. I don't think it's in both directions. I think Mississippi no, State think, can knock Kentucky out of the tournament on Wednesday night. Yeah. What a crazy thing to say out loud. Yeah. <laughs> it just, I mean, this has been a really, it's been a really fun season to cover. The way they bat, I mean, because when they lost seven out of eight, they could have just packed it up and said, it's just not our year and see what happens. Instead, they started playing their best basketball. I don't think they're going to win out. You know, I think they, they obviously they have a loss coming at some point. It's just where is where is it going to happen? Maybe at Missouri, yeah. Texas A&M. You saw Texas A&M Saturday. They're they're playing a really high level as well. But I think, as like I said, if they can beat South Carolina and beat Ole Miss and win one more, that's what they would be eight and ten. Mm-hmm. Maybe win one in Nashville. I think you'd probably be in. I don't think you need to be below five hundred in conference play. I mean, I it, it makes it more interesting than it needs thing, to be. But... Uh, yeah. Right now at 41 in the net, which is, you know, it's mm-hmm. right there. I mean, you'd rather the first Dropped one a spot a from yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. And you might say, how'd they drop a spot without, it's, it's. Because the other teams played. Who did you play? Where did you play them? Who did the team that you play play? So, I mean, it's, you know, nothing, nothing in a vacuum. I've got. Back-to-back Mississippi State games on TV. I've got the game at Missouri, and I've got the home game at Texas A&M. And I think for different reasons, those are two really interesting matchups that are on the horizon. Missouri's playing really well. Mississippi State's already beaten Missouri once. Texas A&M has won 12 of their last 14. They're a little smaller. They're not huge. But they play with two bigs as opposed to just one most of the time. And there's a lot of chess that's happening in those two games coming up. Sports Talk Mississippi will wrap up the 3 o'clock hour with you coming up next. Junction in the Grove and to the top. Start yourself. Sports Talk Mississippi on Super Talk Mississippi. All right, hey, Dad, let's play the win loss thing down the stretch. So Mississippi State currently 5-7 and seven in the SEC with six games remaining in league play, right? Yeah, 18 SEC games, 5-7 yeah. and seven is 12. Okay, so six left. Kentucky on Wednesday night in Starkville. Feels like there's a lot of momentum for State, and there's not any for Kentucky. I'm going to take the dogs there. Okay, so that's 6-7. and seven. I agree with you on that. And look, I mean... 
Would it be the the most Kentucky thing ever if Kentucky, looking like they are on the ropes and dead, goes on the road and yes. wins a game that it feels like they shouldn't? Of course it would. But I agree with you. If we're just predicting, based on what we're seeing right now, I'm taking Mississippi State at home. By the way, is that sold out yet? Not yet, like a 1,000 tickets left. Well, then get off your can and buy a ticket if you don't have one and you're a Bulldogs fan. 7.30, Wednesday night, in Starkville. Buy a ticket, fill it up. All right, so that's six. At Ole Miss on Saturday. I know where you're going to fall on this one. I tend to agree with you. With you. So seven and seven. What At comeback. Missouri on Tuesday, February 21st. That feels like the loss, right? That feels like where it's going to get away from them. I, I kind of, I mean, Missouri shoots it so well at home. There was, something was different. We, we were having dinner, like sit at the bar dinner late Saturday night after the LSU A&M game, and I was talking to Mark Wise and our producer from the game. And I said, you know what's interesting about, so, so Missouri shot 52% in Knoxville. And what was it that people had said about Tennessee defensively? They lock everybody down. And Missouri, if you if you looked at their home and away season numbers, they shoot like 52% at home and 39% on the road. Mississippi State locked Missouri down on the road a week and a half ago. But Missouri shot like they do at home at Thompson Bowling on Saturday. Since State held them to 52, Missouri has scored, I think, 86 and 85. Yeah. Or something like that. Yeah. They've gone right 80. back to what they were doing before they played State. It's like they never But, but again, a little bit of an anomaly because one of those was on the road. Right. Re- regardless, I agree with you. I think that's a really tough ask in Columbia. I'm saying it's impossible. Mississippi State has already beaten them. Don't so you if that's get a, a little wiggle, wiggle room now, though, with Arkansas, that it's not like you have to go to Columbia and win now? Or is it like yes. that? No. Right, right, right. No, no, no. No, no, no. no. It's not a must win. And look, I mean, Missouri's, Missouri's good. Yeah, they Missouri's, are. Missouri's, they, are they inside 30 in the net? Now, I don't have it pulled up right this second. We'll look at that in a minute. They are 45th. They're actually behind state. Really? I thought they were in the yeah. 30s. Okay. No. But they have been projected solidly in the field for a while by Lenardi. All right. Uh, it's weird. Texas, their, their resume is better than State's. It's weird. They've got. They're four eight and six, quad one, quad two. Wins. They're eight and six, quad one, quad two, and State is five and eight. Yeah. So. Missouri's that head to head win must just be big, you know? Texas A&M in Starkville, Saturday after. This is the toss. This is the toss-up game for me. I could really go either way. Um, I feel like at home, State has been really good this year, um, but at the same time, Texas A&M is playing at a really high level. Uh, they're playing really, really well. I, I'll lean State, but it's it's really, really, really close. I got South Carolina at home. I think State beats South Carolina. I know you do as well. And then at Vandy. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna hedge here and say Mississippi State wins either at home against A&M or on the road against Vandy. I actually think the matchup against Vandy is kind of tough because of how well Liam Robbins is playing, and and I think there's potentially the opportunity 
to not take away but neutralize Tolu Smith a little bit with Liam Robbins, and Vandy's playing with a lot of confidence right now, and they shoot well in their home building. So so I'll just hedge between A&M and Vandy and say they win one of those and lose one of those. I don't know which is which, Mm -hmm. which is 9-9. and They're dancing. You're in. You're in. They go 9-9, and they're dancing. What an accomplishment in year one. (laughs) Kidding me? I didn't think they could go up to Fayetteville and win. accomplishment from three weeks ago. True. I mean, seriously, if if you would have asked me behind the scenes, have they beaten Arkansas? No. They're not going up there and winning. And the, and they made a bunch I of, they, I mean, 60% from three, right? That's a number that they may never hit again. They're not a good three-pointing right. shooting really team. They're really selective, right? They only took good shots. That's it. They took 10 shots, and they were good, in rhythm, open looks within the confines of the offense. They didn't just make a bunch of shots, and they just jacked them up, and they just happened to go in that day. Mississippi State made two three-pointers more than Arkansas made, and they shot eight fewer. State was 6 of 10 from behind the arc. Arkansas was 4 of 18. That's 60% versus 22%, and that's the difference in a six-point game. Sports Talk Mississippi. Another another good job. Winners and losers. That's how we'll start the 4 o'clock hour when we come back. Sports Talk Mississippi, on your radio and in the game. Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. Thanks for being with us. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, Brian Haydad. You want to be a part of the conversation? You can join us online. It's uh, supertalk.fm. That's where you can listen. You can watch at Supertalk TV. Of course, you've got your Supertalk Mississippi radio stations. But uh, you can join us on the Ceasefire text line at 601-879-4395. Ceasefire reminds you to please don't text and drive. I'm talking to myself there, admittedly, uh, but all of us need that reminder. Don't text and drive. Check out the best deals that are available from Seaspire on their website at cspire.com. Country music superstar Morgan Wallen is coming to Oxford, and Super Talk Mississippi is giving you a chance to win. Enter your name at one of the registration boxes located throughout the state of Mississippi. You can find the full list of available registration locations online at supertalk.fm slash Morgan Wallen. Winners will get two sweet seat tickets uh, inside Vaughn Hemingway Stadium on Sunday, April 23rd. Ticket giveaway brought to you by First South Farm Credit, King's Daughters Medical Center, Jumpstart Test Prep, and Toyota of Brookhaven. We're coming to you from the Pearl River Resort Studios, pearlriverresort.com. Let's get into a little bit of winners and losers. We got winners. We got losers. Americans love a winner and will not tolerate a loser. Winner never win. 
If you liked it from the weekend, it goes in the winner's category. If you didn't like it from the weekend, it goes in the loser's category. Here's a winner. You had seven SEC basketball games on Saturday. Six road teams won. The only road team to not win in SEC play on Saturday was Kentucky. They lost the game at Georgia. Mississippi State won on the road. Texas A&M won on the road. Alabama won on the road. South Carolina won on the road. Technically on the road, albeit not exactly a yeah. environment. Yeah, no, I get it. Vanderbilt won on the road. It was it was incredible. I I, I can't think of. I, I mean, I haven't done the ch- the checking. But my guess is it's been a while since you had six road teams win on a given Saturday in SEC play. It's hard to win on the road. Yeah. It's hard. But Texas A&M found, found that Texas A&M was up 29 at one point in the first half against LSU, and they had to hang on to it for dear life. LSU cut it to eight with the basketball twice in the second half. Made three, and it's a five-point game. It's hard to win on the road. It happened in six of seven games. I thought that was pretty cool. Winner. Hey, Dad, give me a winner. We didn't talk about it on Friday, but Dak Prescott being named the NFL's Walter Payton Man of the Year definitely deserves a winner. Um, I know the on-the-field stuff for the Cowboys has not been where they want it to be for sure, but you know this is one of the NFL's highest honors. Yeah, it's, a, it's an award that the players themselves desperately want to win because it shows that they are more than just players. And Dak Prescott won that. I don't think, you know, people who know Dak know that, you know, him being a good guy is not a uh, a surprise to anybody, but that's a very prestigious award. And, of course, you know, Walter Payton, a great Mississippian, Dak Prescott, Mississippi um, State. So I, I like the, uh, the, the connection there. In recent years, your winners of that award – Andrew Whitworth, who played forever and was universally loved by players in the NFL. Russell Wilson, Calais Campbell, Chris Long, J.J. Watt. We know all about the um, the charitable exploits of J.J. Watt while a player. Larry Fitzgerald and Eli Manning were co-men of the year in 2016. Anquan Bolden. Jason Witten won the award at one point. Drew Brees. Kurt Warner won it back in 2008. Mm-hmm. Where was Drew Brees? I don't know, but he had the uh, the patch. Huh. We're just scrolling through. Maybe it was earlier in his career. Anyway, yeah, and, and Dak will get that forever. That that patch super will, honor. That patch will be on his jersey. Super honor. Or can you give me a winner? Did you hear the Eagles fans booing him? By the way, <laughs> those clowns. What can you do? I, I'll save it for losers. Um, uh, winner over the weekend, not Super Bowl related. Uh, alien conspiracy theorist, buddy, they got their ammo. <laughs> they got so it's not balloons that we are shooting down anymore. It's other stuff. It's octagon objects or whatever. We're closing air spaces in Canada and over the Great Lakes and over Montana or somewhere out there. And we've got fighter jets shooting down these objects that apparently have no propulsion. <laughs> and the Pentagon is not ruling out that it is 
of extraterrestrial <laughs> creation. Like the guy from Blink-182, you know, Tom or whatever, that even wrote a song about how aliens are real. All those people are having a field day right now. Airplanes are shooting stuff down. The government's covering it up. They've just got ammo for days now. It's amazing. I don't understand <laughs> how the, 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 the aliens have technology that can get here from thousands of light years away. And then it's not good enough technology to not get shot down by one of our jets. Feels like it should have a force field or something going there. You, you what, would what think. We watch a cloaking device. You would think, but I mean, a great conspiracy doesn't require deep thought. Just the fact that the government's shooting stuff down and not telling us about it is all you need. That's all you need. But I really, I mean, truly would love to know what the heck's going on because it's extremely bizarre and we're not getting answers. But, yeah, those people are having fun today. George Norrie's got to be thrilled with this. He's the, one the aliens from Signs. He, he hosts the dumbest Coast aliens ever. Who was the other, like, forever radio about. host? Yeah, they both did uh, Coast to Coast. And somebody just texted us, and this is, we have been robbed. Mike Leach not being here for this. I mean, we might get an hour of content out of that man. Yeah. Coach, what's your theory you literally on just be like, all of these? Exactly. You just you just ask the question. Like, Coach, have you seen these things getting shot down all over the world? What's up with that? And just let him cook. Walk away. Just turn the mic on and walk away. Come back in an hour. Art Bell is the name that I could not remember. He was the other yeah, yeah, radio yeah, host. Right. Yeah. Um, another winner for me, the visuals from the uh, WM Phoenix Open. Oh, it just looks, that, that is such a fun golf tournament to watch on television. And kind of getting to go low-key final round leading into the Super Bowl, is it's just absolutely spectacular. Not to mention Scotty Scheffler actually winning the tournament and uh, cashing a $3.6 million check uh, as well. All right. Any, any other mandatory winners? Borky, you said you want to save Jones. one for losers. Let's go. Well, the the Mississippi guys, I mean, Willie Gay was great. A.J. Brown had a long touchdown pass, uh, or touchdown reception, I should say. They should have used Incredible him Incredible catch. I mean, Philly did not take advantage of the mismatch that he clearly had. But uh, Mississippi showing out in the, the Super Bowl uh, was just awesome. Uh, two losers. The first, I think Mike mentioned it on the text line, but field conditions. And a lot of people were just blaming this new experimental turf that Oklahoma State developed with help from the USGA, and it was $800,000, and, and everybody was making fun of Oklahoma State, rightfully so, because they bragged about it as the game kicked off, and then the turf was awful. That is every game in that stadium, though. That wasn't last night. That was mm-hmm. That's every game, every Fiesta Bowl, every Cardinals game, every college football playoff game that happens in that stadium has bad field conditions. Why they keep getting big games until they fix it blows my mind. Last night was not new. That wasn't the NFL's fault. That is venue. Has to be. But, but you know, you know the, the story behind that. So the way that stadium was designed... It's, it's, it's a grass playing surface, and they roll it out 
into the Arizona sun. Right. They grow it on a great big 120-yard by 60-yard or whatever the dimensions of the field are platform. And so that grass lives outside, although that was a – and I guess they've got multiple options, right? I mean, they can the, – the the Arizona Cardinals have their own, and then if there's a college game, they get a different set or whatever. This was a new variety of grass that was grown through Oklahoma State's department. They tweeted out about it. They were proud of it. People were like, oh, I wouldn't do that. That's a fail. But the issue, I think, is moving it from outdoors to indoors – and how that grass acclimates to the indoor climate, even though the roof was open last night. I think it's a moisture-humidity imbalance thing that does not play well. No. Ever. Just it's call just, it's bad, State. and it's unsafe. We'll fix it, and it for you. I don't know if you're Mississippi State's agronomy department, you want to be a part of it, because I'm not sure there's anything that's yeah. fixable about it. It's every so, game. Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. We'll continue this next. I can't believe what I'm hearing. This is Sports Talk Mississippi, right here on Supertalk Mississippi. Back, Sports Talk Mississippi with you, streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. Winners and losers, that's what we're doing right now. We got a bunch, a bunch, a bunch from you, and uh, there's some really good ones. Hey, Dad, did you have a loser we needed to get to? Uh, nah. 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 Okay. I'm going right to today. That. I'll be generous. Well, let's, uh, let's just jump in, right? There are a bunch here. Uh, Jake says, loser, Philly fans for booing Dak. They are always horrible, therefore they are always losers. Pat in Oxford, winner Scotty Scheffler in the entire WM Phoenix Open. It never disappoints. Agreed. Winner, Greg Olson for getting an additional $7 million paycheck because Brady is waiting another year to start his TV career. They were good last night. Good job. Thought they You're were good. really good last night. And you know what? Kevin Burkhart sounds to me, if you close your eyes and listen, his delivery, his cadence, he sounds to me like a younger Al Michaels. I can see that. The next time you next time you listen to him do a game, just kind of see if that and I'm not trying to compare him to positively or negatively Al Michaels. He just sounds a lot to me like him in his delivery. Yeah, I I thought Burkhart and Olsen were tremendous last night. I know Aaron Andrews. Like, if you don't watch the NFL, you don't see Aaron Andrews anymore. There was a time where she was like, every time you turned your television on ESPN, there was EA. Now that's kind of like Laura Rutledge is that person. Aaron Andrews left for a bigger Mm -hmm. payday, wanted to do Dancing with the Stars and all the other stuff. Thought she did a really good job. Thought Tom, that was a really solid broadcast crew last night, just all the way around. Uh, let's see here. More winners, more losers. What have we here? Uh, loser Saban. Oh, wait. No, that was back on October 24th. Sorry. Never mind then. Loser. 
The situation unfolding in Ohio? That's from David in Hattiesburg? Yeah, uh, horrible. And a possible attempt to cover it up. A train carrying some of the most toxic stuff in the world derailed, and it exploded. Mm. And, like, they're telling the people that it's safe to go back, but the the river that runs through town is just, there's dead fish everywhere, and, like, it's incredibly toxic chemicals that that are deadly. I mean, like, cancer-causing, like, pets are dying, and it's the, the coverage is very small. They arrested a reporter doing a live shot. I mean, it, it's weird. It's very, very bad and weird. Okay. Yeah. I have uh, have missed that. Loser, the halftime show. Uh, I'm just going to skip the rest of that message. She didn't like it, clearly. I've seen multiple people say that the dancers looked like they were in the Klan. I mean, I guess you just kind of see whatever you want to see, but, I mean, other than the fact, than the fact that they were in all white, it kind of feels like that's where the similarities stop. I, I don't know. Again, I looked at them and thought, wow, it looks like a cross between the Michelin Man and a marshmallow. But if you look at them and see the clan, okay. Winner Auburn's crowd, even though they lost. That was really good. Really good. I dozed good. off. They were up nine. Mm-hmm. I dozed off. It was 59-50. I came back. I was like, what? How about the kid... That with one of the basketball nets on his head, made the ninety-four foot putt one into the floor to the other to win a car. Awesome! In awesome. that environment, that's that's. Did that happen awesome. to Ole Miss a couple years ago? A night, mm-hmm. a, a, a grandma sure did sink that putt. Yeah, absolutely awesome. did. Uh, winner slash loser: Willie Gay tackles high school teammate AJ Brown. I don't know. There's much of a loser about that. I think it's just awesome. It's mm-hmm. awesome. That's cool. Yeah. And, and and it's not like AJ Brown didn't have his moment last night. I mean, the only way last night catch. could have been better for AJ Brown is if he just if they win the Super Bowl. They have to win, yeah. But wow. Uh here's another one. Winner the Auburn student sinking the putt to win a car. Yep. Winner Chris Stapleton. It's very good. You don't have He's to stray good. from the song. And too many people do, and he didn't. He just played the song. Uh, uh, Asbury Revival is going now on 110 hours and shows no sign of stopping. Somebody sent us this message. Asbury University Students Chapel started at 10 a.m. on Wednesday, and it's still going. Okay. And and he said that I'm assuming that they fed them. Dwayne and Brandon, loser, AOC for her comments about the Jesus commercials. Maybe more for Gallo than sports talk. Eh, she's a pretty regular loser. That more, being said, more for Gallo. Pretty sure Jesus wouldn't spend twenty million dollars on commercials about himself. Just call yeah, but, crazy. But, but Jesus didn't do that. It's, I mean, it's the yeah, but it's done in His name. We're not. You know what? You know what? You know what? You know what? No. Well, I actually read an interesting story about it. I mean, you can like the commercials or not, but it's like part of a larger mission effort that the guy that's the owner of Hobby Lobby has largely funded. Part of a mm-hmm. hundred million dollar ad campaign to publicly improve the current image of Jesus. It's like the mission of the organization. 
whatever. I agree with it or don't. Publicly I mean, we don't improve. Debate it. Say what? <laughs> Publicly improve the image of Jesus. Okay. Yeah. Well, there are a lot of people that don't have a positive oh, image yeah. of Jesus, and this guy's a believer and is trying to. You know what? We're just going down a road that you don't want to go down. Let's just not do it. Uh, oh, I don't mind going down it at all, but I don't know if all of our listeners want to. Why can't you grow not. natural grass indoors? We grow medical pot indoors, and it's great. That's on the ceasefire text. The roof opens. Yeah. <laughs> well, and European soccer stadiums have grow lights on their fields to because they don't have great grass growing conditions there, yet their fields seem to hold up fine. It's They're ju- immaculate. It's just that stadium. And you know what? The, they actually have a a hybrid turf now that's like 50 to 75% real grass and 50 to 25%, I don't know what the percentage is, like synthetic fibers. How about that? And it blends together to make a mostly natural grass playing surface. They're going to do something like that for the World Cup because they're not going to play World Cup games on turf, but they've got dome stadiums that are going to host games, and they're going to have real grass in them, so they're going to have to... To be creative. Didn't we talk about this like last week that FIFA has more sway than the NFL? Well, it, it, but it's crazy. I mean, I, I think I, I saw Stephen Godfrey of all people say it, and he's right that you would think that every year the Fiesta Bowl, when the field's a disaster, or the college football playoff when the field's a disaster, somebody at the NFL would be like, you know what? Maybe we shouldn't. But yet they still do. It doesn't make any sense. They I mean, still do. It, like, so I'm shocked that more guys didn't get hurt last night. But I saw videos multiple times, both teams. So it wasn't just like an anti-Eagles thing. But a guy was cutting videos of the Eagles' defensive ends at the snap, both slipping. Like, both falling flat on their face at the snap. Because those are the guys that have to get off the fastest. And, and, and multiple times last night, both pass rushers on both on either side of the ball slipped and fell on their face at the snap because the grass couldn't hold their feet. Uh, loser. LeBron James for placing the imaginary crown on his head while being booed. Bigger loser. He's not playing for his team tonight. Was at the Super Bowl yesterday. Apparently hurt today. I guess sitting in that suite, you know, having drinks, hanging out, is really tough on one of your ankles, and you can't play for your team. I mean, you, can, you can go to a football game with an injury. You know what you should do? Nurse that injury and be with your team. But that, that's what a leader would do. And, he'll, you know, and he'll, he'll, be, he'll be all right. Have you looked at the standings? His team's not all right. Yeah, they got a little yeah. bit better last week. Ed from New Hope, uh, winner pregame salute to the troops. Winner the Bush Light commercial. Is that the one where Sarah McLaughlin was Bush. singing and the guy interrupted her? Yeah. 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 Also, that's a wolf. <laughs> well, that was great. Wow, uh, um, Richard, did you think you had you had sat on the remote or something for that two B commercial? I missed that one. Yeah, but if you don't have two B, then oh, is that the one yeah. where the, the like the TV froze? Well, no. it looked like it. It it's, somebody had tapped the remote and was looking to play a movie or something. A lot of people yeah. thought that they had changed the channels. Yes, yes I, I saw that. I was oh, I did not have the remote loser. in my position. And w- we do this every time there's a uh, big event, but these people who do the TV destruction videos for clout after the fact, the worst. Yeah. Like, nobody believes that's real. 
You just magically no. had a camera recording you at the perfect time for you to punch the TV a bunch of times. Yeah, totally. Winner, Southern Miss basketball. Beat ULM at home on Saturday, 23-4 overall, 12-2 in the conference, nine-game winning streak. First place in the Sun Belt. That's Scott in Madison. Winner, Chris Jans and the Mississippi State University basketball team. There we go. Sports Talk Mississippi. Those are your winners and losers. We'll be back. Can you feel it? Can you hear it? Sports Talk Mississippi. Yeah! On Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. Um, those of you that are sending us messages on the ceasefire text line with either your thoughts or your thoughts about what was said here with regard to the Jesus commercial last night, we're not ignoring them. I'm just not sure that that's a healthy conversation to go down right now because I think people are very, very passionate. I, I don't know. If you guys want to talk about it, we can. Um, might not be the best. I, I don't know. Uh, I mean, it, it's something that a lot of people are talking about today. For some reason, someone said that I had a condescending thought about that. I didn't say anything at all. But I don't think you said anything. Nothing. But for what it's worth, uh, I thought that message is one that people really need to hear and that they don't enough. I mean, I, I saw uh, – I see a hate <laughs> But I saw a, a sitting congressperson call it fascism. And and then I saw a very prominent commentator, not an elected official, on on the supposed right, call it liberal pandering. And I thought, you both are fools. Mm. Just complete fools. Hey, Dad, did you just not like the placement of that commercial in the game? I don't like... All right. You open this. Just remember that. It's okay. I don't like... The idea of millions of dollars being spent on religious commercials when that money could go and do things that Jesus himself would probably want you to do more than that. Help the poor. Help the sick. $20 million so that we could have a couple of commercials. Come on. That is not the message of Jesus at all. I, I think that's a very fair um, like I, I don't I don't disagree with what you're saying. The flip side of that though, I, I would I would argue is that this was a privately funded commercial through an organization whose stated mission 
is to, and I may not have said that exactly the right way. I was reading a Forbes article today about about the guy who has largely funded it. So the founder of Hobby Lobby was the majority of the money behind that. And in his life has donated over $500 million estimated toward um, religious colleges and universities, founding of churches, growth of startup churches, etc. And, and seems to very much, through his success in business, be living out his faith through his pocketbook and 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 says that he doesn't see a separation between those two things. He said, I can't be blessed in business, but just be a Christian on Sunday and put some money in the collection plate. And so his kind of life's purpose has been to give to organizations, and there is a specific organization that he largely has funded that has a $100 million goal of spreading the gospel through making more people aware of Jesus. I, I think you can agree or disagree with the method, but like, like he said there are Christians in the world. Yeah, well, how much more awareness do we need? It's a little less mainstream than it's ever been. And Christianity no, as a whole is more under attack than it's ever been. Well, I don't know. And and say what? I don't know if I agree with that. Okay. Um, and there are people that are talking about Jesus, good, bad, or otherwise, today as a result of that money that was spent on those commercials. I don't know. And look, I mean, some of you on the text line right now are being like, you know what, you, you guys should be talking about sports, right? Well, maybe we should be. Maybe we shouldn't be. But I... I don't know. I, hey, Dad, I completely get what you're saying about that's money. There, the money that was spent on that could have perhaps done it's, tangible it's good made, in other ways. I may make people mad, but like when you drive, like on 82, there's a, there's a cross that's like 200 feet high or whatever on the air right outside of Eupora. How much did that cost? Well, couldn't that money have gone to a better cause than just a giant? Do you do you think that's what Jesus would have wanted? Hey, put up a giant monument to me on the middle of Highway 82. No, use your brain. Bothers me. It's a pet peeve. Yeah, but I mean, it costs money to spread the gospel in the world that we're living in. So, I guess that would be the counter argument. It's fine. Like we can disagree. We don't dislike each other. We just kind of disagree. About no, I hate you now. Well, no longer your friend. That's on you. That's I, not on you. It, I still want my bacon wrapped pretzels though. Yeah, I mean, it, it was a it was a big deal. It, both of them, and, and they've they've been airing those b- before that that game happened, or before last night happened. It's I've, I've seen them a lot lately. Uh, look, I, I just I'm just going to be honest. To me, this this is like the greatest example ever of you hear only what you want to hear about a conversation. We get a, 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 a message on the ceasefire text line from the from a 901 area code that says, while our world is literally falling apart, y'all are critical of spreading the gospel. God help you guys. 
Like, that couldn't have been farther than what that conversation was for. We were talking about different ways of spreading the gospel and different ways of spreading the message and the physical acts of Jesus in the world today. Like that's absolutely what we were talking about. But you're just going to hear what you want to hear, and okay. And somebody said, you know, if you can spend 10 minutes or 12 minutes talking about a Bud Light commercial or an Avocados commercial, why can't you talk about it? And we did. So I thought the Miles Teller ad, even though they spoiled it, was a great one. <laughs> it's, a, it's a very good commercial. Uh, aside from the ones we're talking about, very that. little in these unprecedented times, very little lectures. But even the, the, the thing that was controversial last night, it, it, this, this is what's kind of blowing my mind about that the people I mentioned earlier, a sitting congressperson and a very prominent, followed by millions, political commentator, calling it liberal pandering or fascism. How can that one thing be both? But anyway, but the message itself was just love others as he did. That, that, that was the controversial message, and that blows my... That's all it said. That's all they said was he loved everyone. You should, too, including his enemies. You should, too. Consider loving people the way he did. That's all they were. And it's a controversy. That message is a controversy. It it, it absolutely, I cannot wrap my mind around that fact, that that was deemed controversial. I can't fathom it. Yeah. I really can't. That part of it, the, the message itself, I, I can't wrap my mind around it. Keith says, how many Bibles could have been bought to put in a lost person's hand? Well, the guy that funded the commercial has funded the spread of uh, the, the distribution of 1.2 billion Bibles to date and has a goal of getting a Bible or Bible literature in the hand of every person on the planet. So, I mean, I... Kind of think he's doing his thing. But yes. You know, when 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 this radio show began, eh, about a decade ago, had a uh had a conversation with somebody that was kind of involved with the creation of it. And the idea was okay, what what are people passionate about in Mississippi? Sports, politics, and religion. For the most part, we, we stay away from the the religion and the politics, and we and we talk sports. We're willing to kind of go down some different roads, but if ever there was evidence okay. that those are the three lightning rods, I would point you to the ceasefire text line, and uh, you can connect with us six zero one eight seven nine four three nine five. We got plenty more coming up. The opening weekend of baseball is happening this weekend, the full weekend that was in basketball. We'll get back to some Super Bowl conversation as well. Thanks for being with us on this Monday afternoon, Sports Talk Mississippi with you.
I listen to it at work. At work. Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. On Super Talk Mississippi. Did you get that memo? Yes, sir. Messages on the ceasefire text line 601-879-4395. If you want to be part of the conversation, we would love to hear from you this afternoon. We talked about uh, Mississippi State's game earlier. Let's talk a little bit about Southern Miss and also the rest of the SEC. First, the rest of the scoreboard from the SEC. Auburn led. Hayden said he fell asleep with Auburn ahead nine. Auburn led almost the entire game against Alabama. Until they didn't. Alabama wins at 77-69. There's just too much talent at the end. I mean, that Alabama team is just too talented. They've got too many guys that can make plays. Mark Sears was the leading scorer. Um, what's the... Uh, Brandon Miller, SEC Freshman of the Week again. Uh, yeah, Brandon Miller's week. on his way to be an SEC Player of the Year. Yeah, And the big man, but it's not Badioki, it's Adaboki. I, I can't remember his name without looking. I can pronounce it if I'm looking at it. I just can't remember. Anyway, he made some big plays down the stretch as well. Second time this week, Tennessee gets beat by a buzzer beater. Yeah, what are the odds of that? DeAndre Golston hits one from 35 feet. We were talking about this during a timeout on, on Saturday night. I don't know how Rick Barnes presents to his team. Betty Yako. Thank you, Brandon. I just couldn't. I couldn't. I knew I, I was mostly there. I just couldn't remember the the order of the letters. If I'm Rick Barnes for Tennessee, I say to my team, "You lost on two buzzer beaters this week, but you didn't lose the same way." Um, Vanderbilt had a great play drawn up. We defended. The first 80% of the play, but we didn't defend the kick out to the corner and they hit a wide open three. I don't know what you can do about a guy that hits a running 35-footer at the buzzer. Nothing. It's just dumb luck. Now, maybe you're mad that you didn't defend the three-point line better for the first 39 and a half minutes of the game. Maybe that's an issue. But I don't think it's like, oh, it's the end of the world. We got beat by two buzzer beaters. One of them, you just got beat on a freak shot. The other one was unbelievable execution by the other team. That stinks, man. That's a hard way to lose twice in the same week. And Missouri's hot. Georgia beat Kentucky 75-68. Kentucky was without Sevier Wheeler and C.J. Frederick in that game. South Carolina uh, had Jacoby Wright hit the go-ahead three with, what, less than a minute to go in the game. 64-61. Ole Miss's look to tie it was an off-balance three off an inbound that I felt like was really rushed with about nine seconds left. Yeah. Or eight seconds. They had nine seconds on the clock. It was kind of a couldn't get it in, couldn't get it in. They finally get it in, and it's just like 
there was panic and there didn't have to be panic there. They were out of timeouts, and that's a tough place to catch the ball. Had time, though. There was time to do something else. Yeah, and and then Kermit Davis after the game. I, you know, since March of last year, I've been down on the prospects of the 2022 slash 23 version of Ole Miss basketball. There was absolutely nothing that told you they were going to be a tournament caliber team. Nothing. If you were looking at them objectively. However, Kermit Davis was finally asked about job security and future and stuff. And I had a couple people send me his quotes or send me messages about him, you know, calling him names and stuff because fans are upset that they're not winning. But when you're in that moment and you have not been informed formally anyway that you're not coming back as a coach, and it doesn't sound like he's wants to retire. He's going to get paid either way. He's getting four million bucks either way. But it doesn't sound like he's ready to walk away from the game. And if you're just for the record, it's not actually that much. It's less than that. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, it's less than that. So everybody's saying he's getting four million dollars. I'm not faulting you for that, but it's actually a percentage of what he is owned. Okay. Owed for the remainder of his contract. It's it's not four million. He's getting his money either way. Getting his money. Yeah. What do you want him to say? You want him to be honest? Yeah, you know, my portal evaluations were bad. I didn't get a shooter. My most explosive player got hurt again, quit the team. These guys can't shoot. I'm not drawing up offense. I'm going to get fired at the end of the season, but nobody's told me that officially yet. They're still playing hard, but they suck. So, you know, I'm going to get fired. I mean, what do you want him to say other than we're going to keep working, we're going to try to score, I believe I can turn this around? What do you want him to say other than that in that moment? There's nothing else he can say. It's a complete no win for Kermit Davis. Yeah. I mean, there, there, there's no. I, I thought he was pretty diplomatic, and I thought if you listen to his post game press conferences or press conference press conferences, he, he's kind of he's kind of wearing it and taking the blame. I mean, he he comes out and he apologizes to the fans and, and says our performance at home has been terrible and that's my fault that's the head coach's fault so he's owning it but no i mean he's not going to say my team quit or i'm quitting or we can't turn it around or any of those things dan i'll answer your question uh, on the ceasefire text line when we come back sports talk okay what we do next keep it moving buddy you can be a part of sports talk mississippi triple eight eight oh eight eight six three seven on super talk mississippi Welcome back. Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. You want to be a part of the conversation? You can join us on the Ceasefire text line, 601-879-4395. Give your business the edge with gigabit fiber internet from Ceasefire Business, backed by world-class IT experts who live where you do, and that is right here in Ceasefire country. Check them out online at ceasefire.com slash Business. We're coming to you from the Pearl River Resort Studios. Pearl River Resort, 
the home of the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club. Visit them online at dancingrabbitgolf.com. Two 18-hole championship courses, the Oaks and the Azaleas. And, yes, this 70-degree, breezy, sunny Monday afternoon would be a great time to be on the golf course at Dancing Rabbit. You can book your tee time or your trip online at dancingrabbitgolf.com. Guys, we were going to the break, and I said I would ask a question when we come back, but I can't find it. You remember what it was? Yeah, it was, um, where is he? Dan in Hattiesburg. Yes. How did Kermit let Austin Crowley get away? He's been having a great year down in Hattiesburg. He's a great asset to the community, too. Great kid. So here is the truth about Austin Crowley. <clears throat> um, Crowley, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, it's fine. He, he had some really good moments at Ole Miss, but did not play consistently well. Ole Miss thought with the incoming players and the return of Matthew Morrell and the return of Deshaun Ruffin that there were not going to be enough. Oh, and at the time, Jarkel Joyner still on the roster, that there weren't just going to be minutes for Crowley on this team. And told him that they thought it might be better for him to find a spot where he could play. And Dan, to echo what you're saying, he's a great asset to the community too, great kid. The Ole Miss coaching staff felt the exact same way about him and tried to help him in that transfer process. If they had known that Jarkel Joyner was leaving, which at the time they did not, they would have worked harder to keep Austin Crowley. But they thought Joyner was coming back. It was shortly after that, after Crowley left, that Joyner decided to put his name in the transfer portal. He went to NC State. He's having a really good season in his final year of eligibility. And so not only did Ole Miss lose Crowley, but they lost Joyner as well. And that's just how it goes sometimes. That, that's how it worked. Now, in, in terms of the season that he's having, there can be lots of reasons for that. It can be coaching. It can be change of environment. It can be a slightly different level of play. He's not facing SEC defenses every single night. He's facing Sunbelt Conference defenses. And that's not a shot. That's just truth. In fact, I asked Kermit Davis before their game against Vanderbilt that I did on TV about you know, kind of where they've gotten transfers in, transfers out. And, and we talked about Austin Crowley. And I said, are you surprised that he's having the year that he's having at Southern Miss? He says, not not at all. He's a good shooter, good kid. It's a slightly different defense, that level of defender that he's playing against. And he got off to a fast start and built confidence. Nothing wrong with that. And he said, we had that happen a bunch of times. When I was at Middle Tennessee, guys that transitioned down from a Power 5 school to Middle Tennessee, most of the guys that they're playing against are slightly different in terms of athleticism, and they exploded. So, that's the answer to that. But, Dan, thanks for the, uh, thanks for the question on the C Spire text line. If, uh, let's see, let's get to the college football fix. 
College Football Fix is driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. Log on to buyfordnow.com and find out why the best-selling trucks are built Ford Tough. You can test drive an F-150 at your local Mississippi Ford dealer. This is Ford Truck Month. Time to get into a new F-Series America's best-selling truck for 46 straight years. F-150, Ford Super Duty. You can check out the Maverick or the Ranger. Get into Ford Truck Month and see what a built Ford Tough truck can do for you. Um, Texags, at least from the Texas A&M side of things, was the first to report. I'd heard this earlier today from some Ole Miss people. Uh, Jimbo Fisher is to have former Ole Miss assistant Markel Blackwell to be his running backs coach in College Station. They did not renew the contract of their previous running backs coach, Tommy Robinson. We're looking for a new one, and so they went out and they got the guy who coached the uh, SEC rushing leader in uh, in Quinshawn Judkins. Prior to Ole Miss, Blackwell had been at Toledo for a couple of years, West Virginia for a season, and Houston for uh, for a couple of years. It's the second running backs coach that has left Quinshawn Judkins. Explain that to me. Smith, the guy that recruited him, left for Miami. Oh, Kevin Smith, yeah. It's worth noting that Judkins didn't follow and would not have. Um, So for whatever it's worth, that may or may not happen here. Uh, Expect Texas A&M to make a pretty significant run at him, though. I mean, let's be honest. That's college football now. They're going to try through back channels or whatever to pay him a lot of money to transfer was, to Texas I was going to make a joke about maybe Judkins needs to leave, no, too. But I, hey, I mean, you know, it, it, if you want to just throw it out there in the universe, Borky, make it I, I mean, I'm not saying it's going to happen. Like he, I'm not saying he would leave. Again, his previous running back, the guy that recruited him, or his position coach when he signed with the school, left for Miami. Miami paying a bunch of kids. He didn't go. So that... It's entirely possible that happens here as well. I am just forewarning an Ole Miss fan out there. Texas A&M is going to try through back channels to recruit the heck out of him. I promise you they're going to try as hard as they can to get that kid to transfer for his final year to go to Texas A&M. They are going to try. It can't his he, final year. He, he, the the SEC the interconference transfer is is done. Yeah, so sorry. he can't leave in May. If he wanted to, he can't oh, to you, go to Texas. So, so, so you mean after his sophomore season, A and M is going to try and get him to come for his junior year? Go, uh, you guarantee it, and and they will be oh, on man, a long yeah, list so of will, other schools. Yeah, so will fifty other schools. Look, Quinshawn Judkins got a huge NIL deal in the soft season, and if he has another season, he'll get an even bigger one. Yeah, he will. And and Ole Miss is going to do everything that he can they can to keep him. And um, I'll be. <laughs> I hadn't even thought about that angle of it, Borky. You immediately went there. Maybe I should have. I was thinking about, okay, what are you going to do at, at running backs coach? And there are lots of things. I mean, Lane Kiffin can go out and hire a running backs coach. He can move Derek Nix back to the running backs room to coach running backs and go out and hire a wide receivers coach, whatever he wants to do. Um, my guess is that there are a lot of people that would love to coach Quinchon Judkins. Oh, yeah. And to coach in the SEC. That is interesting, though, the flexibility that they have with the open spot because Nix has developed and produced good running backs at Ole Miss, and I don't think he's had, I don't think, I know he hasn't had a talent like Judkins, and he has still done well as that position coach in the past for Ole Miss. 
So yeah. there is some flexibility to just move him back into a spot where you know he can produce. And if there's a wide receivers coach out there that you love, well, then there you go. But to your point, I imagine there's going to be some guys that want to go coach that kid because coaching Quinn Sean Judkins is going to make anybody look really, really good. Whoever the running back coach at Ole Miss is next year is going to look really good having that kid on their resume, no doubt. So interesting, for sure. Yeah. Um, Texas A&M has an incoming five-star running back in Reuben Owens. They've got Le'Veon Moss. Uh, they lose Devin A. Chain from, uh, from last season. So that's what – I mean, look, I, I don't know this, but I'm assuming that Texas A&M offered Markel Blackwell a lot of money to join their staff. Yeah. And I don't – I mean, do you guys think I'm crazy for thinking that if Jimbo Fisher is looking at Markel Blackwell from Ole Miss, and let's just say John Smith from Clemson, and he thinks they're the same coach. Do you think for a second that Jimbo doesn't think, hey, it's an opportunity for me to kind of gig Lane Kiffin a little bit? You get that, and you get what Borky said. You get a an in that if you want to make a push for Judkins after this season, you have something there. You have a, you have a, a bargaining chip. So, yeah, yeah. That's it's the nature of the beast. I'm not. I, I hear me. I did not say he'd leave. I'm saying that Texas A&M is going to try. You, you go ahead and guarantee that they are going to try. Guarantee it. Neil in Columbus says, "What date does the transfer portal start and end?" Back like up May first, right? Yeah, it opened after the SEC championship game, and it closed a couple of weeks ago. And it's going to open back up May first, and then it's open for a window. But the deadline to transfer within the conference and be eligible for next season has passed. Sports Talk Mississippi. Will you ever get so excited that you just can't wait? Sports Talk Mississippi, covering your Mississippi team. I've been waiting my whole life for this. Don't touch that dial. Here on Super Talk Mississippi. Most of our audience would say yes, I assume. It would it would have been great. You wouldn't have watched even if it had been Chris Stapleton, eh, Deb? Is that Chris Stapleton? Yes. Yeah. Okay, then. No, I probably still wouldn't have watched. When is the last time you watched a halftime show? Last year. Oh, you, you did watch the... Oh, yeah. Dre and Snoop and... Dre and Snoop, absolutely, I watch that. Okay. I do think you it, always surprise me with your like your music genre choices. We should go on a road trip someday. You, you, you we'll put on the Spotify and see where it takes us. I do think, or I wonder if they'll consider going back to something like that, whether it be a, a country megastar or, or like, I know Maybe. Taylor Hawkins recently passed away, but the Foo Fighters are an international phenomenon as well. Like, somebody like Maybe that. Maybe 
after next year, but I really think with with Vegas next year, they're going to try to get like the biggest current stars. Like that might be the year they get trying to get Taylor Swift, assuming she's still you know a huge star at that point, which seems like a safe assumption. Yeah, I, I think she's probably that's that's a safe bet. Or a handful of them. Yeah. Just go all out. Get like six yeah, get, people. Yeah, get get. Yeah, maybe get a bunch of genres. Get Taylor Swift. Get somebody from hip hop. Get somebody from rock and roll. Get somebody from country music, and just put together a mega show because you're in Vegas. That's what Vegas is. You can go see any kind of entertainment you want there. Did you make a run into Garth Brooks? That's a good choice. I mean, I've never been to a Garth Brooks concert. Hey, Dad, I know you went last year. It's I'm a little ashamed of the fact that I haven't. It just had never worked out. But I've always heard that like, there aren't many performers that you can find that expend as much energy as he does in a two-and-a-half-hour concert. Imagine that I, in a 15-minute no window. I had no idea how he was still standing at the end of that. Because he's, I mean, he's a big dude. And he's just, I mean, he isn't, his cardio is good. Springsteen's kind of the same way, though, isn't he? I mean, the boss yeah. just goes and goes and goes. Don't get Borky going there. Ooh. Yeah, but I mean... There, there's three songs that if you played, I, I would love. And just get him off the stage after that. Somebody says that's what Morgan Wallen is. I don't think Morgan Wallen's going to be at the halftime of the Super Bowl. No. D- d- despite his widespread appeal and the fact that he is a huge draw, that there's too much in his past that a national-slash-global audience would not look past. What about Steve Azar? I would think that Steve Azar would say yes if asked. She let Steve Azar do the Egg Bowl halftime. Why I mean, is there a halftime show Azar? for the Egg Bowl? What did he get that get that hooked up? Mm. He's an okra as well. Steve so I mean, the famous maroon band. No biases? Mm. I mean, he's got Pearl River Resort ads with him on the golf course running in Vault Hemingway and Davis Wade. Mm. Yes, and sir. both stadiums, yeah. And those no. pants. And those I always enjoy seeing do. my coworker on the tee box there when he's on the Jumbotron. Yeah. Yeah. Azar would absolutely have to do the halftime show of the Egg Bowl in the pants that he's wearing in the Dancing Rabbit commercial. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. So somebody just texted me. Before you guys roll your eyes, hear me out. Miley Cyrus, have you heard her do That's... rock lately? That's somebody who could be a, a candidate for next year. She is a huge enough star that they would she's put around. She's wildly talented. I know she's done a bunch of weird stuff because they're all weird in Hollywood, but like her singing Everybody classic rock is objectively awesome. Like She is great at that. Great at it. Is she doing original stuff, though, that is mainstream, or is she just covering other people's stuff? I've only seen covers. I, I, I She might have her I own. Mean, Timmy, like, She's part, still doing that's part of what stands out for Rihanna, though, is she rolled out like six of her dozen top five songs all time that have been played everywhere for the last 15 years. True. I mean, just chart-topping hit after chart-topping hit over yeah. and, and over but man, like the aforementioned Foo Fighters, Dave Grohl and Miley Cyrus singing rock on stage would be awesome. I mean, you just and, forget about yourself saying aforementioned. Yeah, I love that word. 
You should. You should. It's good work. This is a good one from Chase, by the way. King Fresh Ingram for the Egg Bowl halftime show. I'm about to put a Twitter poll out there. That guy's unbelievable. I don't know who that is. Oh, hey, that you love him. Look him up. He is unbelievable. All right. I'll give it a look. He's a, uh, I've seen him described as today's BB King. Oh, okay. For state next year, the Egg Bowl, if we're going to do a halftime show, Hardy would be high on the list as well, I would think. Yeah. Um, that would make sense. Speaking of Dave Grohl, did you see his commercial? The Crown Royal commercial? Bold move by Crown Royal, by the way. By the way, Because I just saw the ratings numbers. Uh, 11 million Canadians watched, which is a very strong number for them. Like, up 6% from last year. But running the country. a Super Bowl ad where the entire thing is, thank Canada for all these awesome things. I don't know how well that's going to play here in the States, but, you know, credit to them. They even said that we need to thank Canada for basketball and our version of football. Mm. Yeah, I just... And, and, you know, he said in the commercial, look it up, and apparently there's Canadian ties to the advent of American football. Awesome. I don't want to see that in my Super Bowl. Dave. It was a good ad, though. It was. I didn't know this. I'm not... Saying it's right or wrong, very few, few performers can afford to do the Super Bowl. Rihanna supposedly spent $7 million of her own over budget and didn't make a dime? Yeah, they don't they don't pay the performers. Yeah. You get rewarded in exposure. Mm-hmm. I mean, the like her makeup, I saw a headline this morning. I didn't click on it because I don't want to read about makeup. But her makeup line had like an 800% increase and online visits and purchases last night. Her makeup line during the Super Bowl. That doesn't include all the downloads and the, the YouTube views and, and all that stuff that she got. That was just her makeup line that did numbers like that last night. So it hmm. pays off in droves. Borky, you got a, a question, right, about college football playoff expansion? So uh, two things, actually. Uh, And we're kind of up against a break, so I'd like for this to to last a little longer because I think this is a pretty good bridge topic, right? we got baseball starting this weekend. College football news is going to be lacking uh, a little bit for the next few weeks until spring practice starts anyway. But we know now officially that 2024 is going to be the year of change. The SEC is expanding. The schedule is going to change. We talked about that on Friday We're going to have nine conference games, all that stuff. And the college football playoff is is expanding. So I'm going to ask you about those three things. Originally, I wanted two, but those three. And you tell me if it benefits Ole Miss and State, harms Ole Miss and State, or doesn't change anything about the current circumstances of Ole Miss and State. So let's start with the college football playoff because we got about two minutes until we got to go to break. The college football playoff expanding... Kind of a no-brainer here. Benefits, harms, or doesn't change anything about the circumstances for Ole Miss and Mississippi State? Impossible not to say benefits. Yeah, it, I mean, it's a clear benefit because there's greater access. You, you've got more opportunities. You don't have to be one of the four best teams in the country. You've got to be one of the six best at large teams in the country. So you're going to take out or, or I guess the seven best at large teams. Where are you going to the the, the five highest rated conference champions? 
and then seven at large spots. So, assuming you don't have an upset in your conference championship game, you know you you need to finish top three in the SEC. You don't have to win the SEC or play in the right. title game to possibly get to the playoff, which has happened with both and, and teams here before. Say we, we've already seen examples in the past of both Mississippi State and Ole Miss would have been in, but both teams in 2014. And Ole Miss again in 2021 would have been in. Would have been in and would have hosted a game in Oxford in 2021. So that's the more obvious one, but that is a major change coming. But the conference change, I'm curious to hear what y'all think about the SEC's expansion and the schedule change, if that harms, benefits, or doesn't change much about the circumstances here. I'm curious to know what y'all think. I've been thinking about that all day. We want to pick that up on the other side of this break? Because I'm not sure that Haydad and I are going to have the same answer on this. Sports Talk Mississippi with you, streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. Sports Talk Mississippi brought to you in part by Visit Oxford. You can find them online at visitoxfordms.com. Go to the website, visitoxfordms.com, and check out the event page with the full calendar events and all the information about Double Decker coming up this spring. That's visitoxfordms.com. We'll be right back. This is Sports Talk Mississippi, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Exactly. Back again on Sports Talk Mississippi with you. Sports Talk brought to you in part by Genteel Apparel. Genteel is the official apparel provider of Sports Talk Mississippi. You can find their gear available online at genteelapparel.com. Golf shirts, pullovers, outerwear. Uh, I got a couple of pairs of their shorts as we are moving towards spring, moving towards short season, and they are fantastic. Just the right length. They fit just right. They feel great. Check them out. Genteelapparel.com. What? Hey, Dad. I want some shorts. Okay. Let's show, let's show off the big and tall line. I want some oh. shorts, too, if uh, if you can convince Genteel to convince mm-hmm. Corner Office to let me wear shorts every day. Yeah, I say, when do you get to wear shorts? I, I can wear shorts whenever. Well, I mean, he can promote Genteel... And other times, yeah, as well. like on the golf course, or oh, just yeah. you know when I'm not at work, which is also a significant amount of time. I'm just saying, Southern I, I, Miss that's beat, never for you. You're always at work. Southern Miss beat ULM on Saturday, seventy-six, sixty-seven. They were down two at the half. They outscored them by eleven in the second half, en route to a nine-point win, a ninth straight victory. 23-4 and four overall, 12-2 and two in the Sun Belt. Felipe Hase had a big game. He had 23 points. DeAndre Pinckney was in double figures with 17 points. Dena J. Harris had 12 points in the game as well. So a, uh, another good win. A little smaller crowd on Saturday than what they had on uh, Thursday night, but still good. Uh, nearly 5,000 at Reed Green Coliseum on Saturday for, uh, for that win. 
Southern Miss uh, will get back to it this week. A couple of road games coming up. Actually, just one road game. Thursday night, they are at South Alabama. So that one's in Mobile at 7 o'clock on Thursday night. And then on Saturday, they are back home for their final home regular season game. That's against Georgia Southern with a noon tip-off on Saturday. So, again, Southern Miss, one last home game. Senior day coming up on Saturday against Georgia Southern at noon. Their final two games of the regular season on the road against Old Dominion and on the road against Texas State. Then it's the Sunbelt Conference Tournament in Pensacola. So, this is a incredible season. I mean, it really is mind-boggling how good they've been this year. You can only play who you play, right? And this yeah. is a Southern Miss program these last few years that has just been down. No, no getting around it. The turnaround there is remarkable. So, Jay Ladner should be—they should be very proud of what they've got going there. That is a, a good basketball team. Borky, you've got the uh, the viewing numbers for the Super Bowl last night: one hundred and thirteen million, which is the third <clears throat> highest audience for a television show ever. Halftime was viewed more people by more people than the game itself. Second uh, largest halftime show audience of all time, only behind Katy Perry at almost 119 million people on average. Yeah, halftime, 118.7 million. The uh, the most watched Super Bowl ever. Did you say that, Pat Seahawks? Did not say specifically which one. Yep. And of the 32 most-watched broadcast in United States television history, 31 of the 32 are Super Bowls. Quick trivia question. Do you know what the uh, the one of those 32 is, is? I do. Is it still the last episode of MASH? The MASH finale. That thing has hung around. Yeah, it has. Yes, it has. All right, so back to the conversation before the break, Borky. The, the question yeah. about the year of change in 2024, the SEC is expanding. We'll, we'll start with this one. The SEC is expanding to 16 teams with the addition of Texas and Oklahoma. Is that mm-hmm. a benefit, a detriment, or doesn't really change much about the circumstances for Ole Miss and Mississippi State? Just their addition. We'll get to schedule in a second. It's definitely a benefit. In my opinion, because if you, you don't want to talk about the schedule, that's fine. The amount of money that these two schools are going to pick up because of new TV deals is significant. It's a significant chunk of change. And for State and Ole Miss, I mean, really, when this is all done, the only schools that should be ahead of them in, in budget rankings are their fellow SEC schools and then the, the elite of the elite, the Ohio State, Michigan, USC types. Everybody else they should be ahead of, so... That's that's great news for both schools. Yeah, I agree on the financial front. And, you know, beyond that, uh, I do think there's some other benefits. I, I, it gives you uh, at least once every four years, Texas or Oklahoma is coming to Davis Wade or Vault Hemingway for a game. Mm-hmm. And that's a win. It's going to be a, it'll be a great atmosphere. There will be some novelty to it initially. What? He just said we'll talk about the schedules in a minute. I'm not talking about schedules yet. I'm not. I'm just. I'm. I'm talking about. But it's, it's no. No. I mean no. the the. No, I'm talking about. He's talking about the nine game schedule. Right. Yeah. Ah. No, I'm just talking about the 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 addition of those teams. I mean, not to 
cast aspersions, but when Missouri travels to Oxford or Starkville, or Vanderbilt travels, or even South Carolina travels, you don't have the same buzz around your town and around your stadium and around the game that you have when Alabama comes to town or when Georgia comes to town or whomever. There's a huge buzz around Kentucky coming to Oxford this year because it had been so stinking long since they had been there. When Texas comes to Starkville or Oxford, when Oklahoma comes to Starkville or Oxford, not just the first time, but in subsequent trips as well, that's going to be a big deal. It's going to be an event. It's going to feel big for the schools and for the towns. And so, yeah, I, I think that's an added benefit. And the other thing is, I don't think you got to be scared of Texas and Oklahoma. No. No. You, you play Texas and They're just and another good program in the SEC. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's a great point, Borky. You already play Texas and Oklahoma every year, just by a different name. You play... You play Texas 2005 and Oklahoma 2000 every year. That's who you play when you play Alabama (laughs) and you play Georgia. If you play Alabama and Georgia, you ain't got no reason to be scared of anybody else on your schedule. Yeah. All right, so now the nine-game schedule. We get a question on the text line. Is it going to be divisions? No. Is it going to be pods? No. You're going to have three permanent opponents and six rotating. So you will play every team in the SEC twice in a four-year period, guaranteed. The new, or soon-to-be new, nine-game conference schedule with your three permanent opponents and six rotating is a positive, a negative, or doesn't change anything about Ole Miss or Mississippi State circumstances. It depends on what the SEC wants to do with the Power 5 game requirement. If they were keep force the teams to keep that game, and you're playing 10 Power 5 games a year, that's tough. That's tough for State and Ole Miss. It's going to be tough to consistently stay bowl eligible. You're going to, I mean, I'm looking ahead to 2024. Will Rogers gone. Marks gone. Tulu Griffin probably gone. Um, all of your offensive linemen gone. Buki Watson just gone. Gone. Everybody's gone. That's a rebuilding year. As it stands right now, let's say State doesn't get rid of Arizona State and they keep, they get rid of Utah State. That means State will play because it's, you got to remember it's going to be four home and five away. And then the next year it's five home, and there's no way you'll convince me State gets on the good side to start off. So you're at Arizona State. You're going to have six road games in a season. That's tough. I mean, I, that, you're talking about it's great to get Texas and Oklahoma. It gives you some buzz, right? But now you're losing a home game. I, I, if I'm State, I'm doing everything I can to, to tell – State has, has, has non-conference series, and Ole Miss is the same way, booked through 2032, I believe. They're just going to have to get out of those, and it's going to cost them money. No way around that. But I think they, 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 I think they don't the, need to uh, play those series. I think the Power Five requirement is going to stay in place. I think it'll be nine well, SEC games that, plus another Power Five, so you'll have ten. I think. Well, then I think it's going to be some. Year, there's going to be some leaner years. You know, those years where State could pretty much be guaranteed to go six and six. Ole Miss could be guaranteed to go six and six. Those are going to be years where you're like, hey, it might be five and seven. Might not make a bowl game this year. Isn't the hang up on that? They're not sure if the TV contract will grow if they keep that requirement. Right. Isn't that what the the infighting is uh, about that right now? <laughs> yes. And this is the folly of scheduling games as far out as football does. Basketball and baseball don't do this. 
They just make the schedule every year, and then they might have a deal or two ahead of time, but it's usually just for the next season and the season after that. They're not. There's no basketball schedule right now. That's almost has a game schedule for 2035. Twelve years from now, I think there's one for 2037 that's on the schedule, isn't there? <laughs> there might be, like Virginia Tech. I mean, that's just just silliness. Just silliness. Look, look, generally speaking, though, with the way that Ole Miss and Mississippi State have scheduled these Power Five games, you should win those games. Now, the other opponent may look at it the exact same way and say you should win those games. Maybe the the outlier for Ole Miss is that game against Southern Cal, when 25 and 26 when those are happening. But, I mean, Ole Miss is, I mean, it's, it's Wake Forest and it's Purdue and for Mississippi State it's Arizona and Arizona State. You should be able to win those games, even with nine SEC games. Sports the road Mississippi versions are going to be, be tough, though. To the sports. This is Sports Talk Mississippi. So let's get rolling on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back. Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming in supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. Mike says, and the wording of this is maybe a little hard to understand, he says that he hopes that they don't play the, quote, six in back-to-back years, talking about the, the rotating opponents. He said, in other words, if you get Tennessee in year one at home, then Missouri would be maybe your year two opponent. Opponent, as an example, oh, I like that on the road, or or maybe that would be at home. How, how would you do that? So would you go like just like that, just like what you were saying? You would play Tennessee at home, Missouri on the road, Tennessee on the road, Missouri at home, or home home so you road play road. The same six teams. Well, that's what he's saying. Is like you play the same six teams in back to back years. I don't like that. I think you should mix it up. I do. Well, they got think... to figure out a way to balance that, but they've also got to remember balance the five and the four. Yeah, where you get five right. home games one year and four home games the next year. Right. One of these schools yeah. has a math department that can put an algorithm together to <laughs> to make yeah. sure that Alabama gets all the breaks and uh, that we get we get screwed up here. Uh, I, I think the answer to the question, though, I think it's two different answers. That's what I've been thinking about all day. I think going to nine games will be a detriment to the results that Ole Miss and Mississippi State can have. Ten Power 5 games as opposed to nine, and the additional one being an SEC team, is more difficult. It will be harder to acquire wins, which makes the seasons more difficult and the results and all that. I think that that is, that is fair to say. Instead of it being Furman, it is now Florida. That hurts. That makes it harder for you on an annual basis. I do think it's better for the fans. 
So it's it's worse for Ole Miss and Mississippi State's football teams. It's better for the fans because instead of Furman, with all due respect to my Paladins, who will be in Oxford, upset alert next year, it is Florida. And when you're buying a season ticket package, or if you're just watching at home, it's better for you as a fan. You spend months counting down to the season, and then it's Mercer kicking off the season. There's fewer of those. As a consumer, it's better. For the teams, it's worse. It's harder. Harder. Certainly it's harder. Uh, the baseball season just got a little harder for LSU. Kendall Rogers reporting that right-handed pitcher Grant Taylor, a projected weekend starter and the number 15 prospect in the 2023 MLB draft class by D1 Baseball, will miss the year because of a UCL injury. That means Tommy John surgery is on the way. He says LSU clearly has depth, but uh, Taylor had an incredible fall. Kendall went on to say that of all the guys that he saw pitch in the fall, um, Taylor was the best arm that he saw. So that's uh, in less than a week. Two SEC weekend starters, Jackson Wiggins, who was expected to be the Friday starter for Arkansas, and now Grant Taylor, who is uh, projected to start on the weekends for LSU, done for the season. Is it ever not going to stink to read one of those? And that's two already. No. Yeah, two mm. two big time players too. Not not just contributors. Yeah, Friday night guys. Absolutely right. And Taylor probably. I mean, Paul Skeens is probably going to be the Friday night starter for LSU. If he is as good as everybody believes he is, that's probably the direction they're going for game one. But he very mm. well could have been their Saturday or Sunday starter. And I, I mean, you know, if Skeens hits a rough patch, they could have gone a different route. I mean, different coaches have different philosophies about when they throw their "quote unquote" ace. So we'll uh, we'll see how all of that shakes out. That's a that's a bummer for LSU, even for a program that is loaded with talent. You lose a weekend starter, and things can get dicey in a hurry. We've got. Um, both Mississippi State and Ole Miss are playing on Wednesday this week, right? Mississippi State Wednesday night against Kentucky and Ole Miss Wednesday night against Florida. In fact, those are back-to-back on the SEC Network. I think Ole Miss tips off at 5.30 in Gainesville against Florida, and then you got Mississippi State and Kentucky at 7.30 in Starkville at the hump. So drive uh, fast. Say what? I'll have to drive fast from from here to the the hump. You have an hour and a half to get there. I have an hour to get there because Thunder and Lightning live every Wednesday, six to seven. There you go. You'll have thirty minutes to get there. Actually, I have thirty minutes. Seven thirty yeah. tip off. It's a long walk from the parking lot to my seat. I mean, I gotta be ready. Thanks for being with us on this Monday afternoon. We'll do it again tomorrow starting at 3 o'clock. For Michael Borky and Brian Haydad in the Pearl River Resort Studio, I'm Richard Cross. Good night.
Running a business is tough. If you're struggling with HR benefits and payroll, you're not alone. Many businesses just don't have the resources to keep up. That's where MWG Employer Services comes in. We provide a full range of employer services with everything from payroll to benefits to HR services and compliance and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. We're a Mississippi-based company that can help you focus on what you do best, growing your business. Call MWG Employer Services today at 601-206-7966 or go to MWG Employer Services A Super Talk Mississippi media production.